This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where lawmakers and lobbyists frolic, while the rest of us pay the tab one way or another. Today on Sunrise, we talk with two lawmakers who have filed bills to ban assault rifles in the Sunshine State. We're the only country in the world that has this problem. And to me, we just keep whistling past the graveyard, not addressing the root common denominator of all these shootings, and that's the weapons itself. And if the Republican majority is going to vote it down, let them vote it down and let them own their vote on the record against common sense gun safety solutions. We want a hearing. Bonus points if you can ID them from the sound of their voices. Governor Ron DeSantis calls a press conference this morning to make what his office calls a major announcement, which frankly is what they say every time he schedules a press conference. This time it really is major. He'll be unveiling the new state budget. A member of the Florida Supreme Court is about to make the move to the federal bench. The U.S. Senate is scheduled to hold a confirmation hearing today for Justice Robert Luck, who's been nominated to the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals by Donald Trump. A homecoming for the ultimate Florida man. The president will be holding a Florida rally on Thanksgiving week, the first time here since he changed his official residence to Mar-a-Lago. Florida's unemployment rate is holding steady, and it really hasn't changed much for the better part of a year. But the guy who runs the Department of Economic Opportunity says it's all good. We'll also have your daily calendar of political events, and we'll check out the latest affront to humanity by Florida man. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Monday, November 18th. Governor Ron DeSantis will be unveiling his new budget during a press conference this morning at the state capitol. On Sunday afternoon, his office sent word to reporters that there would be a major announcement. They did not say what that major announcement would be, but the release also says a senior policy and budget official will be made available afterwards to answer questions on background only. That means it's the budget, and that anonymous official will be providing the sort of wonky technical details that the governor doesn't want to deal with. After less than a year at the Florida Supreme Court, Justice Robert Luck is being called up to the big leagues. The U.S. Senate has been putting Donald Trump's judicial nominees on the fast track, and they'll be voting late today on his appointment to the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals, which reviews the rulings of federal judges based in Florida. The president selected Luck and fellow Florida Supreme Court Justice Barbara Lagoa to fill vacancies on the Atlantic Court, and those appointments will require Senate confirmation. Lagoa's hearing is expected shortly. Donald Trump, meanwhile, will be getting away from all the impeachment talk in Washington by holding a rally in South Florida just before Thanksgiving. Florida politics reporter Janelle Irwin-Taylor says the Keep America Great Again rally is also being dubbed a homecoming rally now that Trump has officially declared Florida and not New York as his official state of residence. The rally happens at 7 p.m. on Tuesday, November 26th at the BB&T Center in Sunrise. That's just outside of Fort Lauderdale. It's where the Florida Panthers play their home games. The hockey arena has a capacity of nearly 21,000. Ken Lawson may be the most upbeat person in all of state government. He came to Tallahassee to run the Department of Business and Professional Regulation for Governor Rick Scott, who later put Lawson in charge of Visit Florida and helped save the tourism marketing agency when lawmakers were trying to shut it down. Now Lawson runs the Department of Economic Opportunity, which is Florida's version of a Department of Labor. So he's the guy who releases the monthly unemployment figures. The jobless rate was essentially unchanged in October, but Lawson is relentlessly optimistic and even excited. Well, you know what? I got a reason why. You know what? Unemployment's at 3.2%. We got 179,000 people who enter the labor workforce you know, this year. And guess what? For three months in a row, labor participation rate has increased. I mean, that's huge. A lot to be excited about, sir. Florida added more than 21,000 jobs last month, more than 228,000 over the past year. Lawson says those are two more reasons to be excited. It is. Let me tell you something. Here's the sectors I'm seeing. Education and health services, up 59,000 new jobs over the year, right? 
professional and business services up 41,000 over the year. And also leisure and hospitality, you know, Florida, up by 40,000. So, you know, we're growing. And also our major sectors like Orlando, Tampa, Miami, we're seeing an increase in jobs there. The only sector that lost jobs over the past year is information, which is where I work. But Lawson doesn't dwell on the losers. Well, you know what? Um, what I'm really excited about is that we're just seeing growth across the sector. You know, there's growth here, make changes there, but we're making sure our people know there's opportunity. Florida's jobless rate has gone through some minor fluctuations over the past year, but it's pretty much the same as last year. There's only a difference of one-tenth of a percentage point. Some people may look at those numbers and see stagnation, but not Ken Lawson. Well, you know what? We're looking good. I mean, historically, we've been at, what, 3.1%. But you know what? There's, there's room right now. You know, since Governor Sanders taken office, what's been wonderful, he's making sure we diversify our economy. You know, one thing that he did recently, you know, this week for the Orlando-Melbourne uh, uh, International Airport, he gave him a job growth grant fund to help with infrastructure to bring more jobs here. And for 500 people potentially will get jobs, help feed their families, and, and participate in our economy. So, you know, as we diversify, there's more opportunity. One more reason for excitement in Florida is that the state's unemployment rate of 3.2% is lower than the national average of 3.6%. There are still 331,000 Floridians on the unemployment list, but that's the lowest that number has been in 12 years. Next up, we talk with Senator Gary Farmer and Representative Carlos Guillermo Smith about their bills to ban assault weapons in the Sunshine State, which are going nowhere in Tallahassee. But first, let's pay some bills. This is Sunrise from FloridaPolitics.com. We all know that guy who says he knew Trump was going to win long before election night. Had he known about Predict It, he could have put his money where his mouth was and made a little extra cash in the process. Predict It is like the stock market for politics. You can buy and sell shares in future events and elections, both foreign and domestic. During the 2018 midterms, Predict It beat other national pollsters like Nate Silver in election night predictions, and it wasn't even close. It's easy and only costs a few bucks to get started. Sunrise listeners can get a special introductory offer by visiting predictit.org slash promo slash F-L-A-P-O-L. For the fourth year in a row, State Representative Carlos Guillermo Smith of Orlando has filed a bill to ban assault weapons in Florida. It was released on Thursday, the same day there was another shooting at another school, this time in California. We've just filed House Bill 627, which is a ban on military-style assault weapons and large-capacity magazines. Uh, These are the same uh, weapons of war that have really become the gold standard for mass murder, not only uh, because of the tragedies in Florida, like Pulse Nightclub, where 49 people were killed, uh, and Marjorie Stoneman Douglas in Parkland, where 17 were killed, but also around the country, where we see these incidences of mass violence that keep happening over and over and over again. Uh, And it has everything to do with unfettered civilian access to weapons of war. Uh, This is the fourth consecutive legislative session that we have introduced this bill. Uh, We think it is very, very important not only towards curbing gun violence and incidences of mass shootings that we pass this bill, but it's also very, very important that we do something meaningful uh, to remember the lives of those who fell victim uh, to mass violence. We at one point had a federal ban on assault weapons that Congress let expire. Uh, That was a huge mistake. We have seen the proliferation of 
weapons of war, AR-15s, in the hands of civilians where they were not meant to be. It's important that we do this, but we understand also that Republican leaders in Tallahassee uh, are continuing their opposition uh, to these common sense gun safety measures. It's why advocates who've been frustrated, especially advocates from Pulse and Parkland, have formed their own movement, Bond, Ban Assault Weapons Now, to work around the legislature and put the issue of whether or not to ban assault weapons before voters. We support that initiative. Uh, we regret that it's had to come to this to have a constitutional amendment, but the sad reality is many victims of gun violence understand that the way to get something done on gun safety in the state of Florida sometimes doesn't include working directly with the legislature. You have to work around them. But we're going to fail 100% of the times we don't try legislatively, which is why I'm reintroducing this legislation with Senator Gary Farmer. Uh, we have the support of the Florida Coalition to Prevent Gun Violence, which includes organizations like the Florida PTA, the Florida League of Women Voters, Equality Florida, the Campaign to Keep Guns Off Campus, and over a hundred other organizations that understand that we must take action and no longer only send thoughts and prayers in response to mass shootings. But you already know this is going to fail, though, right? What I understand is that it's going to be a really, really difficult sell uh, to get the bill passed, let alone signed into law. But the very least Republican lawmakers can do, even just out of respect for the 49 who were killed at Pulse and the 17 in Marjorie Stoneman Douglas and others, is to hear the bill. They deserve a hearing. They deserve for this legislation to be placed on the agenda. And if the Republican majority is going to vote it down, let them vote it down and let them own their vote on the record against common sense gun safety solutions. We want a hearing. And either way, we are going to be supporting the initiative to put this question before voters in case we don't get that hearing. The Senate version of the assault weapons ban has been filed by Senator Gary Farmer of Fort Lauderdale. Well, we're just going to keep banging on that drum and just keep shining a light on the fact that um, there's one common denominator to all of these mass shootings, and it's the weapon itself. And it's these assault weapons and these high-capacity magazines that enable people who are, you know, unfortunately, for whatever reason, hell-bent on inflicting that kind of death, um, it enables them to do it uh, uh, in a more rapid fashion. Um, and uh, we're, we're the only country in the world that has this problem. And to me, we just keep whistling past the graveyard uh, by addressing things like mental health, which we should address, and other things, but not addressing the root common denominator of all these shootings, and that's the weapons itself. If, if the Parkland shooting couldn't convince your colleagues to, to ban them, I mean, what will? 
you know, I, I, I just, you got to believe that a cumulative effect, we just had another shooting today in California. I don't know the details of that shooting, but these shootings keep happening. And at some point, we just have to hope that our, my colleagues say enough is enough. And, and we band together. This shouldn't be a partisan issue. Uh, I think, frankly, the NRA has lost uh, a fair amount of credibility uh, on this particular issue. Nobody's trying to take away anybody's Second Amendment right no, or, or the right to bear arms or to defend themselves. But you don't need an assault weapon to defend yourself. You don't need an assault weapon for sporting purposes. They are weapons designed for one thing and one thing only, to kill large amounts of human beings as quickly as possible. They shouldn't be available. We just have to continue to shine a light on this issue as it affects more and more people, more and more families. I think eventually I got to hope that we're going to do something. Filing these bills in the Florida legislature may be the 21st century equivalent of tilting at windmills, but that's part of the job when you're in the minority party. On your calendar of events today, Lieutenant Governor Jeanette Nunez will start a trade mission to Columbia with a delegation that includes representatives of 19 Florida manufacturing and exporting firms. Florida is Columbia's largest trading partner, accounting for $7.2 billion in annual two-way trade. The Visit Florida Finance Committee and Audit Committee are holding meetings in Bay County today. That's starting at 9 a.m. Central Time in Panama City Beach. Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed will deliver a check to the Franklin County Schools at 10 this morning. The money comes from a state law that leads to 15% of proceeds from state forests going to fiscally constrained counties. Now, the money for Franklin County is coming from the Tate's Hell State Forest. Yes, that is the real name. And yes, it is entirely appropriate. A group of municipal utilities will break ground on a major solar energy project in central Florida today. The ceremony begins at 10 at the Harmony Solar Energy Center in St. Cloud. And State Senator Jose Javier Rodriguez of Miami and Miami-Dade County Commissioner Daniela Levine-Cava will hold a town hall meeting about climate change. That's at 6 p.m. at the Miami YMCA. And time once again for the new adventures of Florida Man, whose primary purpose appears to be making the rest of us all look smarter and less like a candidate for the Baker Act. A Florida woman was shot in the butt after breaking into a house in Port Charlotte. Deputies say the homeowner, Robert Lafada, fired at 40-year-old Jessica Gutzler after she began fighting him. Lafada told deputies she used to be one of his girlfriends, but the relationship has apparently soured. Despite being shot in the keister, the woman managed to run away, but she called 911 a short time later for help. She was booked on an outstanding warrant and is facing additional charges of burglary on an occupied dwelling and assault or battery. And we're not sure if it's a Florida man or a Florida woman, but deputies are looking for a person who left a bag of treats outside a family dollar store in the town of Citrus Springs. Inside that bag, a half-empty eggnog, Reese's peanut butter cups, $700 in cash, 23 grams of methamphetamine, 15 grams of cocaine, 5 grams of fentanyl, and 3 grams of marijuana, plus the cell phone. Citrus County deputies posted a picture of all those goodies on the department's Facebook page and said they are working diligently to reunite these items with their rightful owner. Of course, a true Florida man would march right down to the sheriff's office and demand the return of his property. That's it for this edition of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee for Florida Politics, and we're back with a fresh one tomorrow.